This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen and amen. Go with me to Philippians chapter 3, which is our foundational scripture, which we have been on for the last few couple of months or even longer than that. And uh, we are going to press forward, and I want you to, to lock yourself in so that you can understand these teachings, so that you can understand what God is speaking to your heart. Amen. In Philippians chapter 13, beginning at verse 15, uh, 13, wait, uh, Philippians 3, beginning at verse 13, it says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended... But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect or be mature, be thus minded. And if, in, if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. We have been teaching on this subject of pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And we have been moving forward and we have understood a few things over these last weeks. We understood this one thing, that when you press toward the mark and you begin to walk in those things, it is not always easy. Sometimes it's difficult because of the human body you live in, because of your understanding. Sometimes it's because of the way you were raised. It was because of things that you've learned, things that you've read. So sometimes it makes it difficult. But we've learned that in, through this process, we still must go forward. I told you that I want to make sure that none of us in this ministry is stuck in a place where we're revisiting and always thinking about the past and things where we missed it and just constantly badgering ourselves with the things that we have missed. I want us to be able to move forward. And this one thing that I have said, and, I'll, and I told you I'll say it every day, but I want to kind of emphasize something this time on it. I told you, if you are born again, filled with His Spirit, walking in the things of God, renewing your mind, getting yourselves all studied up, making every service, getting in every meeting we have, and always under the things of God. And I know that you live a natural life, you got other things to do. But, but this is what I want to drive home. I said, once you do that, and you have that, if you can't get up off the canvas, if you're stuck in a place, you might need additional help. But I don't want you to just grab that where I said you need additional help and go away from here and all you say is, Pastor said I need some additional help. Because that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying to you this. If you are doing all that we are teaching, if you are renewing your mind, if you are casting down imaginations and every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, if you are pressing, if you are trying to do everything that God is telling you, telling you to do in the Word, because every time you come, you get some information to walk in. If you're doing all that, more than likely, more than likely, you don't need any additional help. See, that's the key. That has to be in place. 
If that's not in place, you may need additional help. But if you are walking in those things, more than likely you don't need additional help. So I don't want you to think, just go away and just throw God away and just say, oh, I just meet, may need some additional help. You're not even trying to walk in the Word. You're not. No, if you're doing everything, listen, you're not missing no services. You're not, and, I'm, you know, some, if something comes up, you have to miss a service. That's something different. But you're pressing in and you, you make every service. You're doing everything that you can. You know possible spiritually and naturally you may not ever need any additional help if you're doing all those things. See, that's the key. You have to be doing all those things. Not knowing that I said them and say, yeah, I know what I need to be doing, but you're not doing them. No, you got to actually be doing them. And then for that, in that, I, I promise you, because in, in those things, God will heal you right there. The process would have taken place. A miracle would have happened or whatever because you're walking in that. But if you're not and you still love God, but it's hard for you to press, just maybe from wrong information or just wrong counsel or whatever, and you're doing something other than what we're teaching, you might need some additional help. Are you following me? So, you know, I, I want you to, to, to grab a hold of this because we're going to move forward to what we need to talk about. And, and this is what I want to tell you in this teaching to, the, uh, this morning. And while I'm, while I'm uh, telling you this, go to Romans chapter 8. We've gone over many different things. Before we go to Romans chapter 8, we've gone over many different things. That's just a few things. We, we went over... Uh, the purpose why are you here I'm here I want to help you I want to instruct you I want to get you out of a place of being offended or not being able to walk in the things of God I said that we have I gave us several different things that we're going to teach you on how to, to 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 get rid of that old man that keeps hanging around that new man and how to um Press forward from loss, and we talked about that extensively. And then we said we're going to talk about um, how to press forward from disappointments, from missing God, from a stagnant place, all of those different things. And all of these things we must find in our lives so that we can walk forward. Are you with me? Now, I'm going to do a little something different from my previous teachers. I'm not going to go over all of the things that we talked about in the other sessions. You know why? Because I was, you know, just sitting and talking with God yesterday and, and really meditating and after I got home Friday evening. And, you know, you have to do something. See, me going back over them, that's a good thing. But you have to do that. You got to put in the work. You have to go back over everything that we've been, been, been teaching. You need to go over that yourself. You need to press and go over it. You have to make sure that you understand that you're applying this word of God. That's why I say you got to go back and listen to it because you, it's imperative that you apply this word of God to your life. Amen. So I'm not going to go over all the things that we we we've gone on this morning. Let's uh we're going to we're going to move forward because I have a lot of information. Let's look at how do I press forward when I've been disappointed? How do I press forward when I've been disappointed? Very important that we understand and know this. Listen. 
This is one thing you should know and understand from the get-go of this particular section of the teaching. In life, you will be disappointed. There will be disappointments. And in the context of this teaching, I'm talking about things that was caused to cause or happen to you that you had no control over. Maybe some things or something happened that disappointed you that you have no control over, but you're disappointed. Are you following? I, w I want you to know, in this particular teaching, that's where I'm coming from. I'm coming out of that vein. Disappointments where things have happened or something has happened or something's been told to me or something was done to me that I myself had no control over it. So keep that in mind. Did you get that? See, you, you have to understand when teaching takes place, I'm telling you the vein I'm coming out of. So if I'm coming out of that vein, I might go in different directions, but this is what I want you to know. I am dealing with disappointments in life that has happened to you that you had no control over. Remember, we'll all have disappointments. Amen? Now, if you lived in 20, 2020, 2021, 2022, we understand that there have been things that have happened in these last two years, you know, and, and, and I felt like, you know, it's, it's, it's been really a challenge because things, in two years, things have taken a dramatic change. Listen to me. Things have happened where you had no control over your job. No control. No control over family situations, schooling situations, children, people who, who you have made plans and they didn't work out, different things. All of those things, a lot of disappointments has happened over these last few years. I know they have for me. And I'm sure they have for you as well. But it's different things that just happen. Like if you get laid off, you have no control over that. And you're disappointed. You have no control over that. Are you with me? So those are the things like that is what I'm talking about in these teachings. I mean, like, for example, the mask. Some people didn't want to wear the mask. Some people did. And then they started giving the shots and everybody said, let's take off the mask. And then they came back and they said, put them back on. People were disappointed. Be like, oh, don't, I, well, I don't want to wear the mask. I don't want. Just this, this little thing. But you had no control over that because we was in a pandemic. So everybody had to comply. Even, you know, even though everybody was kicking and screaming about it, you still had to comply. Why? You had no control over that. Now, this is important that you understand. How you handle disappointments when they happen, it's essential that you know how to handle it. Any disappointment. As a believer, you have to learn how to handle disappointments. Because one thing for sure that we all have in common is we're going to be disappointed. 
So I need to know how do I handle it? I'm, if I'm going to have it, how do I have it? It is essential that you know how to handle a disappointment that you have no control over. Because whether we have no control over it or not, it's still a disappointment. But how do I handle it? When we have disappointments, we can definitely get stuck in a place. You're disappointed, you can get stuck. When things start happening that you feel like is out of your control, things that you didn't expect, you can definitely get stuck in a place in your heart and in your mind. Because it's not something I expected. And it's something that I can't really do anything about. I'm disappointed, but it's, I really have no control over it. Whether it's what, what some, somebody did something to you, or someone caused something to happen in your life, or something happened, some kind of event happened, anything like that. Whether it's a natural occurrence. Because we have natural occurrences that makes us where we are just totally disappointed. Amen. You know, and sometimes you can have occurrences from something that's evil. Or you can have occurrences for just simply a part of life. Of a disappointment. You can have a disappointment because just life is going to produce something that's going to be disappointing. That's why I say every one of us will go through that. Amen. Whenever something happens that you feel like you have no control over it, it means that I had nothing to do with it. I didn't understand it. I don't know it. I can't wrap my head around it. And I'm greatly disappointed. Then my heart and mind is going to come into play. By a show of hands, show me people that have been disappointed. Everybody in here. And, you, and, and, and it won't happen one time. You're going to be disappointed. Now here's the problem. When you're disappointed, no matter how you was disappointed, and who disappointed you, whether it was a natural cause, whether somebody did it, life moves on. Life moves on. You can't stop. And oftentimes when we're disappointed, we want sympathy. Why? Because I'm disappointed. I want to tell somebody, but I want to talk about it because I'm disappointed. I'm just disappointed. And you want people to understand what you're going through. So you want to talk to them about it. See, that's wanting sympathy. I'm so disappointed. But here's the thing. People just can't stop because life moves on. Even with talking on it. And just because you're disappointed, oftentimes it happens as a result of whatever, whatever the person or whatever the people or whatever the situation is that have caused everybody. When, you, when you're disappointed, you feel hurt. Anytime you're disappointed, you're hurt. And the hurt is real. 
it, down, it gets down to the core. The hurt is real. Are you with me? But at some point, even after the pain, you still have to move on. Are you with me? And then we get disappointed because I'm going through and nobody seems to sympathize with me and nobody is understanding, you know, how this has affected me and everybody's kind of going on with, the, with, the, with their life and everything. Then that compounds the disappointment because I need somebody to talk to and everybody's just going on like it's nothing. Now you done compounded that on the disappointment you already had. Now I'm disappointed again. I need somebody to talk to. Are you with me? Why? Because I'm disappointed because of what has happened. I'm disappointed. And I think people should be rallying around me once they find out that I'm disappointed. And they need to understand what I'm feeling. And why is everybody just getting back to life and doing what they were doing, Bob? Because I'm disappointed. I, I told you about my oldest son when, when Pastor Hill passed away. And I told you, you know, he was like, People just going on like it's nothing. Because why? I'm disappointed. But see, life moves on. You got to keep moving. And you're disappointed because you're like, well, it, it, it should stop for everybody because I'm disappointed. No. Not only will people move on, you must move on as well. It's imperative that you know that. You don't want to be stuck in a place. Because you can get stuck in a place. Why? Because it's bothering me. This thing that has happened is bothering me. Again, I've now compounded the disappointment. And one thing that you should know. Well, let me just, let me go. I'll get to that. Now, the, there's some key words here. Disappointment is something that happens when I feel sadness. Well, let me give you a definition first of disappointment so you can write it down. Let's get a definition of disappointment and then you'll, you'll understand it better. The definition of, dif of disappointment is it means sadness or displeasure caused by non-fulfillment of our hopes and expectations. I said it's a sadness and a displeasure caused by a non-fulfillment of our hopes and expectations. In other words, what I hoped to happen, what I expected to happen, didn't happen. So there's a sadness in me. There's a disappointment point, uh, in the, on the inside of me. And the key words here, disappointment, is when something happens I that disappoints me, I feel sadness or displeasure. And that sadness and that displeasure, it causes this non-fulfillment meaning that I have on the inside because I expect it different. Something that I thought would happen didn't happen. Now, for everybody that have children, let me tell you now. I don't care. You might have young ones now. They're going to grow up. You will have disappointment in your children. Nobody's, because uh, you don't have any perfect children. You're going to have disappointment. When you have disappointment, it has nothing to do with your love. You, your love doesn't change. 
But your disappointment is there. So nobody has to get all kicked up or deal because they were disappointed by what they said. Don't worry, everybody's going to get it. In one way or another. They might not ever tell you, but they will be disappointed. Children going to hand that to you on a silver platter. And I don't care how much you raise them. I don't care. You could do everything. They could, and they could do everything. And you be thinking to yourself, where did you get that from? I'm nothing like that. Disappointed. How did you get that? You're going to go through disappointments. Nobody's excluded. Not only from that, from your children, but just in life. But guess what? You still got to move forward. You still got to go. Because one thing that I've learned about children's disappointment, listen to this. That's your door. They will be back on knocking. Just know that. I don't care how long it takes. They will. That's why you go on and move on. How many times have I told you? You never ever, all of us, nobody wants their children to go through anything. Nobody wants their children to be hurt. Nobody wants their children to make the wrong choices. None of us want that. But you cannot avoid it. Because they're going to make wrong decisions that you know is wrong. And you can't tell them it's wrong until they make it. And they live it. But you still got to move forward. You can't get caught up in it. Because it'll carry you to a place. It'll, it'll, it'll carry you into a place of unforgiveness. All of those things. I like to revert back to the prodigal son. I'm sure his father was disappointed. The way he left. But notice what it says in the, with the prodigal son. The father never went after him. See, some people say, yeah, but you know, don't not talk to him or anything. Notice when the son went away, follow the father. He never went after him, but he never stopped loving him, and he never stopped praying for him. That's why he was waddling in the mud, and that's why he was a mess. But he came back, didn't he? These examples are not put in the Bible for us to ignore or for us just to read. They're to help us. They all know. And guess what? The father and the other son, they kept it moving. And so do we. Amen? And see, there's a lot of examples of people being disappointed. Sometimes you might be disappointed because you didn't have two parents in your home. Oh, you know... I was. My father died a month before I was born. He died in September. I was born in October. And then after I was grown and everything, I would hear people say, Daddy this, and they had a father. And I was disappointed I didn't have one. Because I had, I never, it it would feel uncomfortable, comfortable for me to say Daddy to someone because I never had. But, you know, people have disappointments about that. Are you with me? You can say, I, you know, I, I'm disappointed that me and my sibling didn't have a better relationship. 
I'm disappointed about that. You know, you know, I thought I could have had better parents. I'm disappointed about that. Listen. In other words, it's a non-fulfillment of my hope. It's what I wanted, but I didn't get it. And I'm disappointed. And see, it's not God's hope, it's your hope. See, know that it's not God's hope, it's your hope. What you expected, what you wanted, not necessarily what God wanted, but it's what you wanted and your expectations was let down. And what you're hoping for, sometimes God didn't even, if you look at it in the scriptures, God didn't even promise it to you. See, the only thing that we can really depend on and keep our hope in is His promises. And then if God never promised you that you're going to have children and they're going to be just perfect, or you're going to have a situation you're never going to go through anything. As a matter of fact, the Bible says you're going to go through plenty. So we can't try to put our hopes in something that God didn't tell us to put our hope in and our expectations in. We have that displeasure because our hope and our expectations were not met. And there's this, here comes the sadness. And down deep. And you know, this often happens when people get married. Listen to me. This often happens when people get married. You know why? Because people that just get married or plan on getting married, they have movies in their head of how marriage is going to be. They think it's going to be, ooh, and I can tell some of you, I won't ask you to do it, but some of them can tell you, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that movie I had in my head, it ain't playing out in this marriage. No, because in marriage and before marriage, everybody got it this, you know, because it's just going to be so nice. We're going to just enjoy each other so much. We're going to see each other. See, that's a movie. And what are all movies? Scripted. Not the real thing. And so when then people get married and they find out, I don't care what. See, all of that lovey-dovey stuff. I, listen, how many times I have to tell you? All that lovey-dovey stuff that you do before marriage, everybody's faking. You got to fake right there. You got to get on down the aisle. Let me tell you, the trash master, you almost forgot about the trash master. The funk in the trash master don't come out until you say I do. And you start smelling it at the altar like, wait a minute. What do I smell? Because then, I don't have to fake any longer. This is the real me. This is what you wanted. And this is what you got. And so, people, they have that feeling, and they have this thing, and then they go into marriage. And they find out it's totally different. It ain't nothing like that movie I had in my head. And then, see, then they get disappointed. They get disappointed with the institution, marriage. They get disappointed. I don't know how many times we have to tell people, you know, we all go to weddings. We all, oh, it's so beautiful. You act like that's the marriage. It's not. The ceremony is not the marriage. It's supposed to look pretty and get you all caught up. Every wedding that you've gone to, everybody, ooh, ah, oh, and everything. And then three years later, they divorced? 
What? I'm disappointed because that was a beautiful wedding. See, because it wasn't the marriage. People don't get it. This often, often happens in marriage. The disappointment. But it always comes afterwards. And you can't tell the married people nothing. You know how you say, nobody can't tell me nothing. Well, no, you can't. You can't. But then they get disappointed in the institution. Because that picture that you painted in your heart will never come out in your marriage. It's all in your mind. And then after it doesn't come out the way you thought it was, there goes the sadness down deep on the inside. Because I'm disappointed. Why? Because my hopes have not been fulfilled. Because marriage is not dating. Marriage is not courting. Marriage is not ziplining. Marriage is not hopping on a horse and playing and what is that other riding thing said with? That's not marriage. You having just fun. Marriage is work. Mar- How many of you in here married? If you if marriage is work, show your hands so everybody can see them. That's why. Oh, Bridget start waving hers. Hallelujah! I get it. <laughs> but ma- marriage is not. But I'm telling you, disappointment happens often in marriage, especially younger people, because they don't understand it. Because they think it's fun and games. And they think it's all that. And they think that's all. Love is going to get us to the deal. Until you get laid off from your job and you find out love won't carry you. Their love won't keep the lights on. And that light you have of God, it ain't nothing but a smoking. <laughs> it ain't, it won't turn the light on either. But this little light of mine, well, whoop, hide it under a bushel tree because it ain't going to work there. You're going to need money, honey. They gonna like bring on the. Uh, we know how much you love each other, but where are the dead presidents? I just love them. I just love them. We did. We just stay in the dark. We love each other so much. Till you bump into each other in the dark. I need some lights on. I'm going to my mama. I'm going to my daddy. I'm going. And then your mom and daddy say, "We're out of town." We're not even at home. Well, is the key up under the plant on the porch? No. We don't even do that anymore. We don't have no children. We don't, we don't have to keep for you to come get. It's not there. Go back to your home and work it out. Ooh, some of y'all wish y'all could be back home. I know it, but that's dead. And listen, and I'm, I'm and I'm not saying because any marriage needs work. I'm not saying well, you, y'all act like anybody getting married, they're gonna have problems, they're gonna have issues. <laughs> Mm, so silly but okay anytime you get married I'm telling you marriage is work now if you don't understand that I don't know what else to tell you if everything's good you don't really have to work you're coming from two different households you're coming from two, you're coming from two different families you gotta recognize what kind of family you come out of you're coming from two coming together that ain't no easy feat you gotta give, take, you gotta, oh well, uh, whew, okay, well let me just yield to that. 
I remember when me and my husband got married, he came from a very rabbit syrup home. I came from Cairo. Y'all don't know nothing about no Cairo. They like, do they even make that anymore? No, I don't think they do. And I was like, now listen here. I don't know what about this bird rabbit stuff you're talking about. And that's something you read in a child's book? I ain't trying to do no bird rabbit. You need some Carol. He's now that Carol is too thick. Everything. So we settled on Miss Butterworth. See, you gotta come down the middle somewhere. So now we're Miss Butterworth's family. Because we have, you have to settle somewhere. But now, if you're gonna be one that say, well, okay, I ain't gonna use it no more. I'ma use yours. And you're gonna just use all that stuff you don't like. That's giving, taking marriages. It's work. And that's, now what I just said, that was a minor thing. It can get major. It can get major. That's a minor, that was a minor thing. But that thing can cause trouble in a home. Because see, if somebody molds you into what they want you to be, you'll never be the same. They gotta yield. Everybody gotta yield. Are you going to be disappointed? So, we have to understand that when some people, uh, uh, you, you, can ask, you can even ask some people why they, get, why, why they want to get married. Have you ever asked somebody, they would tell me this, why you want to get married? I just love them. Some people say, well, I, I, want, I want somebody that I can travel with. Well, just tell me how, long, how, how often y'all going to travel. Most of y'all got to go to work, don't you? I mean, people actually say that. I just want, you know, I, you know, I don't care if you have a good income and got time off, but just how much are you going to travel if you just want to marry somebody to travel with? People actually say that. Some people want to marry because I want somebody to go on vacation with. Really? Well, I'm marrying because, you know, I just want some people, somebody to do things with. They really do. And then, when it doesn't always, now this is what happens. You, whatever reason why you got married, you're married. I'm, I'm, I'm just stuck here for a minute, but it's for a reason. For whatever reason. And I, and I especially, and who I'm really, 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 really talking to are those that are not really planning on to get married no way soon. Because you're the ones that's going to listen. The others are just going to laugh at it and they ain't doing none of that. But I'm trying to get this in you beforehand. Because I don't want you to be disappointed. Are you with me? Now, you can get married. And let's say you got children. You wanted them too. Now you got them. All in the marriage. You got the house. You got the yard. And you didn't want a little house. You wanted a big one. So you got a big one. You got a big yard. You got children. You got all that. The first thing you hear out of their mouth after a couple of years is, we don't ever do nothing anymore. I'm disappointed because I want to go here. Well, you wanted the children. You wanted the big house. I got to go to work to keep that. You want the yard, and I just don't have enough money to buy some, pay, pay somebody to do it, so you got to cut it. You didn't want a small house. I don't want no first one. I want a big one. Six bedroom and love it. 
six bedroom and five baths. Hallelujah. <laughs> Until you can't go nowhere. You just got stuff, but you can't do nothing. And now you're disappointed. You got children. I always try to tell people, don't do it. I've had to let, I told Isaiah, I told him, I'll be so glad when you get up and testify. Because can't nobody testify like him. He had me rolling at home. He'd be like, baby, let me tell you, you think that's what you want. Then you have it. Once you have it, you have no more life. You love them. You love them. You, well, no, nobody wanted You can't give them back. The grandparents going to love them and give them back. They don't want them either. They raise your tail. Hey, don't you think I'm going to keep them forever? Come get them. And you don't know. You're at home saying, call them. It don't have nothing. They love their grandchildren, but on out the door. And now you're disappointed because all of that freedom you have It's called gone. Your life is never the same. My son said, Mom, I remember you used to say, you can quit school. He said, school will always be around. You can always go back to school. You said, you can lose a job. You can always go back and get a job. There are jobs everywhere. You put in enough applications, somebody hire you, even McDonald's. Not Mickey D's. But I said, get a baby. Your life will change forever. Whether you're married or unmarried, it changes forever. Not for until they're 18. No, 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 no. It goes way past 18. It goes to the end of your life. So don't try to get slick now. It's too late. You got children. They're the ones trying to be sick. Oh, i never forget. i got to say this. i never forget Brother Kelly thought he was the coolest thing walking around. I think it was when... Sonia was getting married or something. Brother Kelly had his sunglasses on in, in the church. <laughs> just waving to everybody. Hey, hey. You know, trying to look cool like I'm just G'd all up, you know. Hey, how y'all doing? Like, hey, you, you, uh, girl, Stephanie Kevin, you talking about, Daddy, I need to pee. <laughs> he talking about, come, just come on now. Messing up my groove. I was good. I said, honey, your life ain't never the same. He was like, you, I was just being cool. And here you go. Little Stephanie came. I want to pee. I said, <laughs> Baby, your life ain't never the same. You think you you can take them sunglasses off and put on some bifocals. Just go on and do it now. Go on and do it now. Because, baby, your tip, baby, they're the young ones. You're not anymore. And so then you get into a place because you're not really old. I'm, you know, I'm just kind of just joking there. But, but you really want to do something else, and now you're disappointed. We should have waited. What were we thinking? Well, first of all, you wouldn't listen to your pastor. Because they don't really know. Because, you know, everybody's relationship is different. No, ours is not like that. Ours is different. Let's move on, because y'all got me caught up there. I remember that. Brother Kerry, do you even remember that? Because I do. You, your tail's old now. You don't even remember. I see. See, that's how old you get after that. I, and, and, and let me tell you, it's I'm, it's, I'm lucky that I remember. Because 
I remember some things stick with you. And that one did, because I'll never forget him in them sunglasses walking around the church waving it. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Cool. Stephanie said, we're not going to have none of that. We're not going to have any of that. Yeah, he don't even remember, but I, I get it. I'm like, you want to forget that. Like, oh, God. But, but I remember. So, <clears throat> so we have to understand the disappointment. Listen, it can produce hurt, and it's real hurt. Just in your life, in any area of your life. And then you get this, this, this you get, you're going to have a displeasure with the institution of marriage when I'm talking, coming from that vein. And when you start getting disappointed in marriage, you're going to have a dis, displeasure in the institution. Why? Because the fulfilling of my hopes and expectations is out the window. Hmm. And it's really not about what has or, or, or anything that happened to you, it's just life. Because a lot of times we think we deserve more, owed more, entitled to more. And because it's not the way that I wanted it to work out. It can also produce discouragement. See, it it produces discouragement because the hurt is real. Disappointment can have hurts and sadness is real. It can also produce discontentment. You will become discontented. That's when you start, let me tell you when you know you're discontented. You start getting depressed. You start getting down. They don't look the same anymore. Everything is just don't. And let me tell you, and I'm not talking about, you know, weight gain or not. Let me tell you, once you get married, they don't look the same anymore. Hmm. Why? Because you start learning the real them. All that perfume and smelling good they were doing. Mm-mm. You're going to smell that breath in the bed. You're going to say, that's not the same person. Yeah, that's the same person. But this is the real them. I'm disappointed. Well, <laughs> a little bit too late. Now, discontentment. Now, that's I, all of those things, the discontentment, being discouraged, being hurt. It really comes from three things. Write them down. When you're disappointed, it's because, number one, of your present situation that you're in. Whatever it is. We were talking about marriage, but whatever it is. The present situation that's going on right now. Disappointment. Number two, you can be disappointed from past experiences. Things in your past. Things that are just lingering on. And number three, you can be disappointed for your perceived future, what you want for the future, and it seems so far off. Like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that. I don't know. But just your perceived future. This is what I wanted. See, there's things that can cause all this feeling of disappointment. All of these hurts, discouragement, discontentment. Sometimes you look at your present situation and some say, you know, uh, you, you know, you can look at your present situation some say, oh, you know what, I'm getting this old. I'm older now. You know, and I thought it would be this way. I thought I would have this. I thought I would be doing that. And now things feel a little different because it didn't happen the way I'm saying. Now I'm starting to feel sad. 
I'm looking around and I'm seeing people, you know, uh, you know, because see, when you were younger and you were, people were trying to get with you, you was like, oh no, mm-mm. I'm unmarried and you know, you know, with my early 20s, I'm like, oh no, I'm good. I don't need nobody. I'm just doing my, doing me. <laughs> I don't need nobody. But then all of a sudden, 25 comes, 30 comes, 40 comes. Then all of a sudden, you like, wait a minute. I thought, dang it, all these younger people than me getting married. See, it's an easily sneak up on you. They're younger than me and they're getting married. And I still haven't found anyone. This is how people get caught up doing what somebody else did. And that is the biggest regret of your life. It's following what somebody else is doing. As a matter of fact, what you see another person doing, go the opposite way. Make the circle. Don't go doing what nobody else is doing. You will regret it. I've seen it. But you start looking around, and that's what you feel. What about me? I'm going to tell you right now, from my standpoint, and from, as your pastor, nobody in your 20s, have, you, 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 you still got time. You don't have to be all geared up about marriage. Again, marriage is not a wed- wedding. And, you know, and it, I'm just saying, that again, I'm talking to those of you that are not even thinking about marriage right now. But in the back of your mind, see, God has already showed me what's in your mind. You might not be producing it, but remember, I'm an overseer. So God is already showing me what's in your mind. But you will find out that's the worst decision you ever made if you're doing it because someone else did it. Mm-mm. Seen it done. Seen the misery, too. Don't do that. Your time will come. But disappointment has set in because you're looking and you're saying, mm, you know what, I need, what about me? Listen. After you say, wait a minute, I, you know, I thought, you know, everybody's getting married younger than me. Now listen, there is no promise in the Bible when you get ready for marriage, somebody else is going to be ready to marry you. There's no promise in the Word for that. I'm ready now. Where's Mr. Ready? Where's Miss Ready? Because I'm ready. But there's no promise to tell you that somebody's ready to marry you because you're ready. All of a sudden, you done sown your oath and now I'm ready. Where's the one that's ready too? There's no promise for that. Listen. The minute that you're ready and you think you find Mr. Ready or Miss Ready and you're going to go to the altar... And I, you, 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 you like, I'm, I, this, you know, I'm ready to go to the altar. I'm ready for the next phase of my life. But see, this thing just don't happen. And you look at your present situation, and you know that your present situation, it may not even be negative in your present situation. But it's just not based on your expectations. That's why God, before this teaching started, He says, be focused and undistracted. Be focused and undistracted. 
Because if you start looking around and you start feeling around and you get excited about this, that, and the other, you're going to be off focus and then you'll start doing things against the Word of God. You're going to push the envelope. Because why? I'm disappointed. And I want something to happen. I can make it happen. Don't do that. A lot of people, they struggle in college because the college experience was not what they expected. See, moving on from marriage. That's how you find people, they say, well, I took a year off. Disappointed. Or whatever. They look at their present situation and it's not what they expected it to be. Or they went to college and it wasn't what they, they are disappointed. Listen, and then that leads straight into a level of sadness and a level of discouragement. I don't even know if I want to finish. I'm just, I'm tired of it all. I just need a break. What are you so disappointed about? But you have to move on. There's many of us, listen to me, there's many of us, and especially over these last two years, our health has declined over the last couple of years because you've been at home all day. You work from home, and you've been at home all day. And you're going to sit there, you're going to eat and eat and eat, listen to me closely, and not exercise, not taking care of yourself, listen, and now that we've come back and now that we're moving and everything's moving on, you're disappointed. But you just sit there, I don't care, I'm just sitting in front of the computer, all I need on is a shirt. I don't care. Because, see, now you can't wear half your clothes. No, because, I mean, you, you sit there and you're disappointed. God, I can't even get in this anymore. What the? What? Now, and you find out you don't went to this size and you don't went to that size. And it's all because now I'm disappointed. But I wasn't thinking about it at the time. It's not, I, I don't care. I ain't going nowhere anyway, so I don't care. I, don't, I ain't putting nothing on but this T-shirt, so I don't care how I look. That then you're disappointed. See, you think that depression and that, that deal that's coming on, it's called disappointment. It's a sadness that's down on the inside. Listen, past experiences can cause it. Present situations can cause it. Our perceived what we think our future should be can cause disappointment. In other words, you can look ahead and already decide that, you know, our future is going to be this way. That was your thoughts and that was your desire, but it can't, it's not coming into fruition. And then it caused you to feel disappointed. Maybe you didn't make the money that you did. Yeah, and, and, you know, it never ceased to amaze me. Young people get excited about when they make a little money or they get a little raise. And I'm like, until God is your source... But God knows how to just let it fall that way. And all of a sudden, that, that, that strong, boisterous, you know, I'm making $80,000 a year. I'm making 60000 $70,000. And then you get laid off. Or the job closed down. All of a sudden, that voice seems to get really quiet. That's called disappointment. 
But you know what? But when all of you, when you're all caught up in God, it doesn't matter what happens. It's like, oh well, let me go find another job. But when you get down and depressed about it, and you get all, it's because now that was my source. That was my source. And my source has come to end. And anything man put his hands on it, don't act like it's forever. And it's very seldom. It's only a few people that I know, like Minister Martin, Minister Hasey. It's few people that have career jobs when they first start off in, the 20, in their 20s. You have to be mature and not jump for every little thing. How long have you been on the job, Minister Martin? 28 years in Minister Hasten? 32 years. See, that's a career. But most of them now, now they were, they were mature men. They knew how to stay there. And I'm sure they could, they, you know, somebody could have offered them something else. And they could have been looking around for something else, just hopping all over the place. But in your 20s, more than likely your first job won't be your career job. Sometimes it will, but most, for the most part it's not. You're kind of finding yourself and getting settled in, especially if you're fresh out of college. I didn't say it happened. I didn't say sometimes it, it works that way. Because I think both of you all, you all on the same job from when y'all was out of college. But that's a, but, but, but now if we took a, a deal for everybody in here, you'll find people, they went from one job to another. Now Kelly, she's, you know, she's a UT grab. She's doing, how many jobs have you been on? Kelly, I know you've been on your three. Because that's, that, what they did is not really the norm that people do. It's not that, it's, it, it just doesn't work like that. Society doesn't work like that. And with everything that's going on in the country, you're going to put all your trust in that. You're going to be disappointed. That's why God must be your source. And I remember when they were doing all that laying off at Brother Martin. Brother Martin was never, never concerned about it. Like, well, I mean... They'll give me a severance long enough for me that I can get another job. But why? I'm marketable. I do stellar work. See, that's why you get on a job and you do stellar work. And you're marketable, so I'm not threatening. God's on my side, so that's not my source. If you make your job your source, you're going to be disappointed. I'm going to tell you that now. You're going to be disappointed. Walking around like you the CEO <laughs> until they let you geo go. I'm not the CEO. I'm the geo. Go go out that door. You know you you know I got this job and it's gonna be forever. You don't know that. You'd be disappointed. Amen. We have to deal with each disappointment. Write this down. You have to deal with each disappointment and move on. You have to deal with each disappointment because you will have them, and then you have to move on. Because, again, just like loss, disappointment builds on each other. And the more you keep it in, the next disappointment is going to compound that. The next one's going to compound that. Listen, on any given day of the week in ministry, between, for, and this is just me talking about it, in ministry, in my individual life, as myself, my, I mean, just ministry at home, family, etc. 
you know, there's many reasons and many things you could be into that can be disappointing or not be the way you expect it to be. And when you have a lot going on, something is not going to be what you expected it to be. But you know what? At some point you have to learn not to get sad and not to have a displeasure every time something doesn't go your way that's out of your control or that you didn't expect. See, things are going to happen that's not in your control. Not something that you expect. It's going to happen. You cannot get overwhelmingly sad about it. And I've learned this in life. And I've, and I've been living a, a while. I've learned this in life and I want you to learn it. That is very, very rare. Everybody say very rare. That things go the way you hope. Very rare. Very rare that things go the way you expect. Very rare. It can, but it's rare. I've learned that in life. And this is what I want you to understand. Part of the way to avoid disappointment, listen, is to stop having hope and expectations in everything that God didn't promise. Did you hear me? I'm going to say it again so you can get clarity of what I'm saying. If you want to avoid a lot of disappointment, stop having hope and expectation in things that God didn't promise. Because things are going to rarely go your way. Rarely go the way you expected. Now, Arissa's here that's getting married and and I know one day um Jammin and you all are gonna get married. I think you all are the only two here that's married. I'm gonna give you some advice and then I'm gonna tell you tell you why. And then everybody that's not planning on getting married, this is advice for you. Hold it, put it in your arsenal so you'll understand it. Are you with me? Listen to me. When you get married, Arissa, set your expectations low. No, it don't sound right, does it? Set your expectations low. Well, why would I set my expectations low, Pastor? We we teach excellence here. Set your expectations low. Mm. It's great advice. If you plan on getting married, set your expectations low. See, because if you if you think you're going to have a great marriage and a great family and a great home and a great this and a great that, but you've never been married. You've never been married. Listen. You've never been married before. Marriage is work. And you can't be successful without the other person. You cannot be successful in a marriage without the other person. 
And you never have worked with this person before on anything. So set your expectations low. Because, you, because again, the person that you are dating and courting, that's not the real them. The real person that you've never worked with is going to come to the marriage. You're going to find out things you never knew when you were courting. You're going to find out things you never, you're going to find out things about their personality, what they think, that you never have known where you are right now. So set your expectations low. I know. Pastor, how can you say that? All the teaching we get. Set your expectations low because here's the thing. If you exceed that low expectation, it's an accomplishment. But if you put it way up there that this is what it's going to be, this is how it's going to be, and it doesn't meet that, you're going to think your marriage is a failure. Well, I thought it was going to be this. I thought it No, no. If you set it low and you exceed it, you're going to be like, yes, it's an accomplishment. You put it way up there, it's going to be, our marriage is going to be this. We're going to buy this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And you don't get it, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be like, I thought marriage was, I thought this. Well, I, at the time, I thought, set it low. Set it low. And when you exceed it, you'll be like, we accomplished something. You don't want to feel like your marriage is a failure. I want your marriage to work. I want it to work. And it takes two to work. Because in reality, a union has to grow. Again, the courting is not it. Marriage, the union has to grow. And too many people get overly excited and, you know, and overly hopeful about just natural things, just overly excited. And when you get overly excited about natural things, then you can't control, you know, things that happen in your life. Because then you got overly excited about all of that and then life happens in your marriage. Because one thing you remember is just like death and it's just like anything else. Life happens. And it's going to happen in your marriage. Just life, just things because you live. They always happen. Life always happens. And it's not going to go the way you expected it to go. And if you, die, if, you don't, if you haven't got this teacher, guess what? You're going to be discontented, discouraged, and even hurt because of what you have occurred. Because why? I, didn't, I, I, I just thought it was going to be, oh, it's just going to be. We sat and talked about it. Again, it's different in marriage. Marriage is not courting. Set your expectations low. And when you exceed it, you're going to say yes. And then you go further. And then by you, you're mature enough now, you understand. And you let people gloat and do all they want to and act like how high theirs is going to go and what they say. Let them do all of that. You just set yours low. And watch God work. And remember, it takes two. You got to be on the same page. You have to. If not, and and let me tell you, when you first come together, it's going to be some choppy deal in your on your pages. But then that's when you sit and say, okay, let's come into agreement. Like I was talking about the serve. I mean, that was a, my thing. But in in the major thing, let's sit and let's talk about it. 
in your home. Let's talk about it. Let's let let let's get on the same page. Because I'm I'm that's called this is what I'm talking about working in your marriage. That's work. See, a lot of people don't think that putting in the work is just sitting up laying up. That ain't work. You'll find out, honey, it's more work than laying up. Because you got to get up. Did you hear me? So there's three points that we're going to look at. Three points that we're going to look at. We're going to only cover one today. And I don't know if we're going to get through all of it, but we're going to, we're going to get there. There are three things to press toward the mark of, uh, uh, from disappointment. Number one, I have to reconcile my situation with truth. I've got to reconcile my situation. Whatever my situation is, I've got to reconcile it with truth. I've got to reconcile it with truth. If you don't reconcile it with truth, you're going in, you're going to be, you're going to have trouble in your life. Not only your marriage, in your life. Whatever my situation is, I got to reconcile it with truth. Number two, to move forward from discouragement, I'm sorry, disappointment, I must forgive. If you've been disappointed, right now is the time to forgive. Forgive if someone disappointed you. Forgive if a situation or a group of people or whoever just disappointed you. Maybe you have, you know, a cousin or a niece or a nephew or uh, whatever that just disappointed you and you just like holding on to it. Right now is the time to forgive because you're going to press forward toward toward the prize. You want to hit the mark. And number three, you got to encourage yourself. You got to encourage yourself. Listen, this is one thing you need to understand. I don't care how great people are around you and how helpful they are to you. There are times in your life where you're just going to have to encourage yourself. I don't care how many great friends you have. Oh, I need to talk to my friends. I don't care how many how great your family is and you're close with your family. I don't care how close you are with your siblings. Listen, I don't care how great your church is. And I don't care how great your pastor is. It comes a time where nobody can encourage you. You have to encourage yourself. Stop depending on somebody else to encourage you. If they do, that's good. But that's not all the time. You got to learn when nobody's around. When I can't get a hold of my pastor, when I can't get a hold of my friend, when I can't get a hold of anybody to talk to me, God, I need to encourage myself. You need to go and study, David. How do I encourage myself when I've been disappointed? See, that's how I came out of being down when Pastor Hill transitioned. I had to learn to encourage myself because no one else but God alone could get me out. And I had to learn through it all to encourage myself along the way. Nobody had the words. It wasn't a hug tight enough that could get me out of that. But I learned to encourage myself. As God was healing me, I learned to encourage myself. Even to this day, 
When I have a bad day, I don't call anybody. I don't call my children. I don't call anybody when I'm having a bad day. I encourage myself. I encourage myself. And that's what you will have to do. Encourage yourself. Now, first of all, to press forward from disappointment, I must reconcile this, uh, my situation with truth. Let's deal with that one. Because all of us know that, you listen, you can't stay in a sad state and achieve the will of God. You cannot. You cannot stay sad and think you're in the will of God, let alone trying to achieve His will for your life. You've got to come out of that. You got to get out of sadness. If you're sad and you're down and you're disappointed and you haven't come out, let me tell you, you are not going to be in the will of God. You cannot achieve, you can't even go forward in the things of God. You can't. You're discouraged. You're disappointed. I can't go. I can't go. You will never be able to achieve the will of God when you're disappointed and you're sad and you haven't reconciled that sadness and that disappointment with truth you got to reconcile it you got to bring it into that truth and find out what the truth of the word of God says about this disappointment that I'm in and he just told you he said reconcile it with the fact that I'm telling you to move on don't you worry about what you're disappointed about move on Reconcile with that truth. I'm moving on. Whether they're your children, whether they're your spouse, whether they're your boss at work, whether it's your friend, I have to move on. I have to reconcile my situation with the truth. And when I do that, then I'm not only in the will of God, but I can achieve the will of God for my life. But God is still dealing with you about this thing that you're disappointed with about. God said, I can't even move. I can't move until you get rid of that. You reconcile it. What is the truth that I told you about that? I'm going to say this because I'm right out of time and I don't, I don't want to overwhelm you all with this. Because whether it's a past experience, listen, you've got to reconcile it. With the truth. Whether it's a present situation that's going on in your life right now. All of us have situations that go on in our life right now. You got to reconcile it with truth. You got to say, mm, this is, what does the truth say about this? And that's what I'm going to go with. Stop trying. See, we spend all of our time wasting time trying to fix it ourselves instead of reconciling it with the truth. we like, okay, well, let me do this, and this is going to make it. Let me do this. You're just spinning your wheels. You've got to reconcile that thing, that disappointment, that discouragement, that discontentment. You've got to reconcile that with the truth of the Word of God that's going to bring you out. It'll bring you out. But you got to grab that. You have to grab that. Arissa, I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad Jamin's in, Jamin's in here today. So you can understand this. 
I'm very serious about set your expectations low. I don't care what somebody else is talking about, what they're doing. Take your eyes off of all of that. Stay focused. Stay undistracted. God is going to see you through. But you'll be just fine. Because you get, you're in a good church. You're going you're gonna to learn how to walk in the thing. And you've got so many examples before you. You've got your own parents' example. You've got other people you can look at in this ministry and say, How do you stay married 40 years? They'll tell you. How do you stay married 30 years? How do you stay married? I was married 43 years. And it took plenty of work. And if you don't want to take advice from people that know about marriage, because remember, you all have never been married before. You've never been married before. And again, the wedding is not the marriage. You may have been, you, I mean, you've been disappointed. You've been disappointed on your job. God said, reconcile that thing with truth. Because you're going to have another disappointment. You've got compound disappointments in your life right now. Where you have just stacked them on top of each other because you never reconcile them. But we got we, we, we got more to teach you on that. That's just in that one thing, reconciling that 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 disappointment. Because one thing for sure, you will always have disappointments. You're gonna you're gonna have those. You're going to have disappointments. Whether whichever way it goes, you're gonna have disappointments. And the disappointments, a lot of them are going to be things you have no control over. See, we, we, you know, we like to be in control of everything. But a lot of disappointments are going to be things you have no control over. I've been disappointed many times in my life on things that I had no control over. But I still had to move forward. So this is your assignment. For all of you all that have parents here, ask your parents, have I ever disappointed you? Well, some of you say, well, I ain't even got ass. I already know. Then you go and reconcile that thing. Don't ask for nothing. Just walk by me and say, hi. They'll say hi back. But just go on and just take that thing and reconcile it. But if you just say, you know what, I think I've been okay. I think I haven't. Ask them. I, I get it. Everybody laughs like, oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe I should tell your parents to come to you and just tell them how you disappointed. See, that just made me mad. He just came and told See, I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt so you won't be so messed up. But see, sometimes you can disappoint your parents and not even know it. Like, I didn't know that disappointed you. Yeah, I expected more of you on this or more of you on that. It doesn't mean they don't love you. It doesn't mean... And they probably have already reconciled it with truth. See, most of my disappointments I've already reconciled with truth. So I'm free. And then remember, one of the deals is you have to forgive. Oh, I'm going to give you some good examples. 
And see, I can't give you no examples from no, from you because you get mad. So I'll give you examples from me. And y'all love to hear my example because y'all like, good. I wonder, I'm glad something happened to her because the Lord. See, the way she be teaching, I'm, mm-mm, mm-mm. But I done reconciled it. And I want you to do the same. I want you to be encouraged. Arissa, I want you to be encouraged that God, you're teaching me and I'm going to step and walk in that. And from what I hear, Sidney will be coming down. He'll get it. He'll get it. Because he'll sit up under a ministry that's going to teach him how to be a real man of God. He might already be one, but he's going to even be the real, real man of God. The real man of C-O-L-W. Because why? And not, not, nothing we're going to do personally. It's just a teaching that changes your life forever, changes your marriage. Because I know many men in this church that became real men because of teaching. Because of teachings. I know men in this church would not be married, that would not be married today, or be in a sour marriage today, but teaching taught them how to live a different life. And then marriage went a different way. And when you have a young marriage that just came in, those are the ones that I want to watch over more so that I can make sure that you're a success. You're a success. And you got, but you got to want it. And, it. and both of you have to be in it. You cannot be one of you. That's going to be, that's just living in hell. No. You got to be, both of you have to want it. It don't mean that both of you know everything, because you don't. You've never been married. But if you're both willing, I want to learn how, what? Yeah. Yeah, I want to I know all of that. Because God will be able to build you, build you, build you. And then you'll be a blessing to others. You can be a blessing that others can watch, that others can see, that others can mimic, that others can say, yeah, I see it. I see it. But you've got to be taught well in that, especially in young marriages. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.